we are not only change lives and developing low-income communities, but we are going to change our society in a society with more equity, uh, with, uh, with more solidarity, uh, and with more freedom. Uh, this is this is e-democracy. Growth Magic is a podcast exploring the techniques of exceptional leaders and how they weave together ingenuity, intent, and serendipity to realize big things. We invite storytellers from business, champions of impact, fast growth, entrepreneurs, and executives of major change to reveal their secrets and share their vision for the new world. I'm Hugh Evans. And I'm Liz Wise, and today we're joined by Rodrigo Bacchio, an outstanding leader who's had an amazing impact on the lives of millions of young people. Now, 25 years ago, Rodrigo created Recode to fight the digital divide. Recode delivers entrepreneurship training and the use of digital tools to support facilitators in low-income communities and its youth to reprogram their realities. It's an incredible movement, and Rodrigo's had huge success worldwide. Um, he's established a presence in nine countries with over a thousand centers of digital empowerment and in collaboration with more than two and a half thousand educators. And the impact here has been immense. It's 1.7 million young people worldwide who've benefited from this. Rodrigo, we're so happy to have you here. Hi, how are you? Hello, it's really a pleasure to be with you. And I would love to share a little bit more about our cause, digital empowerment. So thank you for the invitation. Fabulous, Rodrigo. Oh, yes. And and uh, so, Rico, tell us uh, a bit about uh, the digital divide and 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 Recode. Yeah, so I start Recode uh, twenty five years ago in the country without the internet, in a continent without the internet, but with this vision to use technology to change lives and developing low income communities, and. Uh, we started on March of 1995, and we started the first uh, technology school in the slum in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. Uh, and the process to start was really amazing because we didn't have a clear necessity to uh, promote digital inclusion. People was not thinking about that. Uh, we didn't have uh, people on the streets doing protests asking for computers or internet because only the elites is starting to use these uh, personal computers. But I think our vision was really very clear uh, uh, about the necessity to include and empower people through technology. And when we started the first technology school, uh, we had a line uh, of over 300 uh, young, poor people want to learn about technology. And uh, after, uh, after the first year, we creating 10 schools in different Brazilian states, and then we we starting uh, an organization called CDI, the Center for Digital Inclusion, to replicate and, and, and multiply these information technology uh, centers. And that was a really beautiful uh, path in the last 25 years. And uh, uh, today we have 1,158 of these digital empowerment centers. That's huge. How did you get... How did you get the um, message out about this initiative at the beginning and get people engaged and excited? I mean, did they just hear about it and jump on board or did you have to promote and get and educate and, and help people to understand what the proposition was? Yeah, this is a, a really interesting question because when I start, I, in 1994, 
before I organizing the first computer donation campaign in Latin America, collecting and repairing computers and donating for community-based organizations. So uh, people support this initiative. Uh, uh, but when I got the idea to creating a technology center in the slum, what I, 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 I heard from many people, include my parents and friends, is, Rodrigo, you are crazy because poor people have the mind of poor people and they never will learn about technology. But for that reason, I, I needed to be uh, very focused in, uh, in creating the concept and creating the pilots. So uh, I, I selected the, the most violent slum in Rio de Janeiro in that time. And we got a partnership with association and Joe inside. And then I start to, to training 10 young people from this community to be the educators. And on March of 1995, we inaugurate this technology center. Uh, and when we inaugurate, we, uh, we invite community leaders to be there celebrating uh, this new social project, you know? And I don't know how, but 11 newspapers, seven TVs, three radios, and two magazines was there. And, uh, and then the most important magazine in Brazil show uh, 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 in the cover an uh, article about this initiative talking about a young visionary. So uh, I, uh, I like to say about we need to 24 hours to, to change a crazy person to a visionary. <laughs> it's just prove the concept, you know. And then when we start to show the case of people that changed their life, young people that got uh, and new things in, in their life, got jobs and things like that, people uh, start to uh, show this in media and attract more people. And we grow through demand, you know. In the, in the first year, I, di I didn't uh, did a strategic planning. You know, after only two years, I got the partnership with McKinsey Company and they did the first strategic planning for our organization. But we grew through demand, include in Brazil and outside of Brazil, because when we put this uh, methodology where we are training people in how to use technology, but uh, in different technology, low, uh, uh, basic skills and more advanced skills, but uh, uh, when we training people in how to be entrepreneur and uh, and we when we teach people about uh, more about so, uh, social entrepreneurs uh, impact entrepreneurs we, we uh, stimulate these people in their communities learn about technology learning about their reality find a, ch a challenge or find a problem and then using the technology that they are learning to impact the problem that they choose so the technology, the kind of education that we are training people, it's not only about technology. It's about entrepreneurship. Yeah. It's about uh, stimulate people, use technology to change their reality. Really interesting. Training people yeah, to be tech change makers. Re really interesting. Uh, this podcast is called Growth Magic for a reason, and it's about the magical elements that come together that that makes an idea pop into reality and, and, and grow at pace. And... This particular example is incredible because, you know, you just went straight out of the gates and went, you know, straight on this mercurial rise off the back of a great idea with, with great people. And um, you know, a long time ago, I reckon in 1995, I, I, it was around a time I, maybe I'm wrong with the years, but I watched a movie called City of God. And uh, uh, I, at the time I was loving Brazilian samba 
uh, you know, I was a Brazilophile, you know, I was listening to all the music and, and, um, and I, it puts me in, it, it, I don't know how, what the fidelity of that movie is like in the favelas in Brazil, uh, but uh, it was an incredibly inspiring film um, to understand the yeah, challenge. Yeah, what, uh, it was a very important movie because this movie showed the reality in our community. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and because one thing that impressed me a lot when I start to, to visit three times per week, this slum, uh, to training people how to be educators, uh, that, uh, also uh, I start to see people, for example, kids playing, uh, play, uh, playing how to be drug dealers. So they are playing how to sell drugs, and and for them, for these kids, the good guys are was the drug mm. dealers, and the bad guys was the cops. Mm. So this inversion of reality impressed me a lot, and also seeing in the streets of this slum, young poor people using their old clothes, uh, etc. But the the guys that are engaged with the drug dealers, they have the nice and the fashion uh, cap or the nice and the fashion shirt and the Nike pennies, you know, yeah. uh, and, and a big weapon in their hands. So uh, it, it's this narco culture is really uh, impacting me a lot because creating a kind of inversion of reality. But in this context, when we show for these people about there are a way to drop out the criminality and find a good way to live, that this change everything. When we start, for example, uh, 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 training people that are inside of the drug dealers' gang, gangs want to live, and w we are giving them the opportunity and the tools to 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 live the criminality, and and, and people change their lives. That, may I? Sh uh, I would like to show uh, to tell one or two anecdotes about. Sure, that. of course. What do you think? Yeah, no, go hit Wonderful. it. Absolutely. So imagine if, for example, uh, uh, one person called Wanderson, uh, he, uh, he raised in the German complex, which is a complex of 13 slums together in Rio de Janeiro. So he raised there and he started to use drugs in the, at the age of 12. He started to work for the drug dealer, dealers gang at the age of 13. And he grew fast in the, the drug dealers hierarchy. You know, and he became a kind of COO and CFO of the drug dealers gang. He was the responsible to receive the, the uh, truck full of drugs and mix products to uh, leverage the profitability and distribute for over 60 stores to sell drugs in their slums. You know, uh, uh, this man uh, was a kind of prince in his slum. He had bodyguard, bodyguards. Uh, uh, but when he was in the jail, he visited one of our technology centers in his jail and he changed completely his behavior and he became to be our educator inside of the, his prison and jail, you know, and being our educator there, he changed the lives of many people uh, uh, that are, was inside of this jail. And, and then he, uh, when he leaves the, the jail for good behavior, he negotiated his dropout for the drug dealers gang, and uh, and the, uh, and he began to working training people how to use technology. And in the last ten years, so he trained over one hundred thousand young people in twenty Brazilian states about digital empowerment. And Microsoft, uh, uh, considering him an example of tech change maker, Amazing. and Microsoft created a global campaign. 
talking about his example. And then when Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, comes to Brazil, they invite Vanderson to share the stage with Satya Nadella talking uh, for a businessman in Sao Paulo about the power of technology to change lives. So imagine a former drug dealer talking together with one of the, the CEOs of the big corporations in the world about the power of technology to change lives. So this is the story of Vanderson, a, a, a story that inspires about the power of technology, inspiring people to change their lives and become a new role model in the community, in the society like Vanderson, you know? Amazing. I'd love to understand more about the actual model. It actually, just, just before we get into that, the I spent a bit of time in Mexico last year and uh, uh, and, and there's a, a similar situation where there's a glorification of, of violence and of drug culture to the extent that even, you know, the narcos... Uh, Mexico show on on Netflix is watched universally across you know the Mexican community and and you know girls and kids aspire to be part of this this sort of uh, uh, culture that's been been put in front of them and and this story that sort of shows the the opportunity for an alternative reality and giving giving people the tools for that alternative is is incredibly. Uh, inspiring. Uh, in another, um, you, you operate in many countries, not just in Brazil. Can you give us a feel for what the process is to set up this type of um, uh, offering in a, in a new country? Like if we were doing this in Australia and we wanted to engage disadvantaged people, Indigenous people in Australia with this type of thing, can you take us through the process? Yeah, yeah. So um, first of all, we need to find a leader or uh, an organization that wants to be part of our uh, network, international networking. And then we interview these people and uh, when we select and approve uh, this new leadership, we start to training uh, uh, this uh, person or group to implementing our digital empowerment centers, customizing and adapt to the local reality. So we are talking about Aborigines or native Australian, you know? Uh, uh, this is really amazing because one of the things that I really loved in the past years was starting a, a, a what we call the Rainforest People Networking when we are connecting over 30 indigenous villages in the Amazon rainforest and remote areas to the internet. And first of all, we talk with these indigenous uh, or, or the NGOs that support them, selecting the tribes, the village that having, uh, they are ready to receive that technology. And what is amazing is we working with a remote village, indigenous village that, that said no for radio, said no for television, but said yes for internet because this technology is interactive and, and they start to creating a new concept of the, the global village, this indigenous village in the, the heart of the Amazon rainforest, but connecting with the world. And it's really amazing, empower these indigenous through technology. And uh, I, I have been in the uh, Ashaninka village. Ashaninka is the, 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 the native Brazilians that comes from uh, the, the Inca civilization, you know? And they uh, are in, in the heart of the Amazon rainforest. And when we start our digital empowerment center there, their big problem was drug dealers and wood dealers from Peru that invaded the Brazilian territory to, got, uh, uh, to transport uh, wood and drugs. In, in, the, in this process, they start to kill indigenous. They, they start to rape indigenous women. 
and the and this Ashaninka people decide to start a war against these drug dealers and the wood dealers. And in the war board meeting, they was so worried because they start to compare the situation. And they they saw about the drug dealers have uh, reef big weapons, and the indigenous have zarabatana, which is something that and, 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 and a blow dart, a blow dart. Oh, yeah. Mm. Thank you to explain. <laughs> and also narrow and arrow. So, and, but the, the shaman, the shaman uh, talking with everyone, we have a, 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 a most powerful weapon than the drug dealers. And all of the, this, which one, which one? And they said, internet. And they, their idea was really inspiring because they, they decided not to go to the war uh, uh, in person, but they start the war using internet to create awareness about this situation. And they wrote an email for the president of Brazil saying, uh, president, president, we are uh, uh, indigenous people, but we are Brazilians and we are in the border of Brazil and the army is not here and we are here to defend the Brazilian territory and we need help. So this email arriving uh, in the president of Brazil and the president sent to the army in Brazil and the army sent helicopters and the helicopters start to, to uh, uh, to uh, to fly in this territory, and the drug dealers and the wood dealers were so afraid, and they leave the Brazilian territory, and the Ashaninka won the war. And they won the war because they use the internet to negotiate peace. They use internet as a tool, as a weapon, uh, uh, working in the Pacific uh, way, creating awareness and get support, and they won the war. You Amazing. Know? So, uh, uh, yeah, so it, it's really... A, uh, uh, it's really this kind of process. Find the right people in Australia and invite these people to co-create the way to adapt our uh, methodology uh, for uh, the local necessities. And then we can, uh, and we, in our network, we exchange experience, we do fundraising together. And this is really great, uh, working in the collaborative impact. And yeah, so... I'm very happy with this possibility. And if someone uh, wants to start a Recode or CDI in Australia, we can give all of the support to do that and work together, changing uh, and adapting our methodology for uh, the Australia reality. You know, it's wonderful that you know to to hear how um, activism can be brought to life through technology empowerment. And it reminds me of the story of the Zapatistas who, again, in Mexico did a very, very similar thing. So there's this blueprint there for being able to take control and inform and direct your own outcomes for your communities, which I find hugely, hugely exciting. Um, you know, I know that literacy is often the very first barrier to being able to access technology. How have you found ways to, to get around that? Yeah, you know, uh, we work with people semi-literacy. Semi-literate, yeah. Semi-literacy, yeah, thank you to correct me. Mm. So because people understand and uh, uh, the letters and could go in file F and P, print and then printing the draw, the work that they did. So, uh, and the motivation of these people to understand technology is something very, very important. So technology make a big seduction in the life of these poor people, you know. And now, we, uh, in, in our new reality of our COVID society, uh, uh, we accelerate in 10 years the necessity of digital inclusion or digital empowerment. So now is uh, most important than, uh, than uh, last year, 
creating this kind of initiatives, bringing uh, make possible for people uh, uh, being part of this digital world. You know, uh, yeah. And also, we are working with this. We have over three thousand six hundred educators, and these educators are people that supporting. Uh, uh, young people in our communities when they have uh, problems or they have uh, uh, challenges, you know. Uh, in your example, if, if you have someone who wants to learn in technology but is completely illiterate, illiteracy, uh, uh, these educators could uh, guide the path to helping these people learn more to, uh, about how to read and write and then go uh, for technology. And many, many times uh, they use technology to learn them to teach them how to uh, uh, read and write, right? I was I was at uh, Singularity University last year, and uh, one of the things that was discussed was the disruption to the education sector of uh, things like YouTube and the Khan Academy. Um, you know, Khan Academy being having the charter for free, high quality education for everyone who can access, you know, the internet. And uh, increasingly, um, there, there was a uh, an interview with Elon Musk uh, you know, not too long ago where he was saying, anything you need to know you can find for free on the internet um, if you know where to look and you need, just need to be educated on how to find these things. Uh, wh what is the direction we're going here, Rodrigo, and, and where do you see the future? Um, you know, are we heading towards a truly democratic digital future? Yeah, so I think this is a very inspiring question and I would like to start in just um, sharing about uh, uh, three years ago, uh, I, I live in San Francisco, California, and I, I was mentoring the Singularity University courses for young people, and it was really amazing. Yeah, uh, and but what inspired me more uh, in these uh, in the last years was uh, uh, understanding about we are in the beginning of the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, the third industrial revolution, computer, personal computers um, um, and internet, changed our society. But nothing like the fourth industrial revolution, where the use of exponential technology already changed the way uh, uh, that we are living, you know, the relationship, working, etc. The mother of exponential technology, the artificial intelligence, uh, we are seeing uh, s uh, s uh, movies like Social Dilemma, discussions about the way uh, uh, that people are using this technology. And it's, this is not appropriate, necessarily a good way, you know. For that reason, uh, uh, for me and for Recode, promote the humanization of the fourth industrial revolution, uh, uh, bringing ethicals and values for the use of exponential technology is something extremely important for humankind. And, and, and as a civilization, we are in the moment that we need collectively to decide if you want to go for the good use of technology and then upgrade humankind uh, or go for the, the bad use of technology and creating a lot of, pro or increase the problems and the digital apartheid that we are living in in our society, you know? And uh, so for, for that reason, we are really engaged in this process to inspire people, be a tech change maker. We, we are not in the process to connecting uh, the next 1 billion people in the internet. 
we would love to connect the, the next billion people billion of tech change makers in the internet and for that reason we start saying about creating the concept of digital inclusion but digital inclusion uh, uh, for governments is by computers or internet and put in the school and uh, and for that reason we upgrade also our cause and establish a new uh, way to communicate that uh, and it's what we call digital empowerment because it, 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 this is much more than just put computer or internet in the hands of people digital empowerment is about empower people using technology to change their lives and change their their community so recode when we teach someone to how to code we teach these people about how to code their life or recode their life or recode their school and in, in, in their community you know and i strongly believe about uh, 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 we have two big challenges for the humankind a humanization of the fourth industrial revolution and climate change you know and we need to solve that questions and invest the best of our time to implement this good use of technology to leverage humankind and upgrade uh, our society you know and and doing that we are not only change lives and developing low income communities but we are going to change our society in a society with more equity uh, with uh, with more solidarity uh, and with more freedom uh, this is this is e democracy this is the way to reinventing democracy empower people to be more to participate more engage more in in in, in the most important challenge for our society yeah and building upon this is our e utopia building upon that uh Liz mentioned, you know, literacy being a, a first step into the um, the enablement uh, of and, and bridging the digital divide. I think that once you also create a literacy of uh, tech, a technology literacy uh, in the community, you bring an awareness of the systemic uh, capabilities and effects of of decisions around technology. So, for example, um, you know, I've got this lingering concern about groups like Amazon, who are doing amazing things at scale. Um, they're automating, they're, they're reducing uh, labour, uh, the workforce, they're creating extraordinary efficiencies and they're, they're creating um, very effective supply chains and, and uh, um, models that essentially create marketplaces where anybody with a good idea can test that idea, but then they harvest the intelligence of that knowledge and then embed that into their own branded model uh, and... and um, and a lot of people don't understand the economic models, the systemic models, the business models that actually sit inside that and whether or not they're good for society. Are they taking away shops uh, and communities and villages? Are they um, uh, using other people's goodwill and capital um, uh, without them really understanding it? Are they ultimately delivering a better society for us? And, and, and are we in a position to be able to evaluate them for what they are doing. And I think there's a lack of literacy of the systemic challenges that these business models actually present us. And by the time we realise what they've done to us, like Facebook or anything else, it's kind of too late to really do anything about it. It's something we'd reflect on, you know, uh, uh, about the, the decade that's just passed and how much change has occurred. And, and uh, by bringing all of this community up into a sense of technology literacy, and um, they're going to become much more aware and much more potentially active in the in the decisions, the governance, the the activism of of what is right for humanity. So I, I really understand where you're coming from. I think it's fabulous. 
You know, there's something that you just said then, Hugh, that I find really interesting um, where we talk about how do we know whether or not something is good for us. And, Rodrigo, you mentioned something earlier about a good society or a bad society. And, you know, those uh, statements, you know, one person's good society is another person's bad society. We used your uh, example of your drug dealers previously as well. You know, the, the people who are living well in the favelas were the folks who are engaged in criminal activity. And I wonder if the regulation that we have at the moment now in the world is actually keeping pace with what a society needs to be. I mean, it's certainly curtailing corporations to, to some extent, but they're not. it's not centralised, it's not, you know, agreed upon with any kind of universality. Um, and I wonder what it means if we are able to bring loud voices who may not necessarily have ever been heard because they don't have access to the means to communicate, how that could change the, pro the, the conversation in the future. Yeah. So I think, uh, so one thing that I, I connecting in your question is uh, how internet starts, how personal computers start in San Francisco or in California. So mm -hmm. people, the engineers that creating the personal computers and the internet or the bulletin board system, the first uh, uh, networking, was people that believe in the freedom, was people that uh, want to creating, and they create this technology in a very co uh, cooperative uh, or with a collaboration as a way that, that was not the army in the United States that created the internet. The army funding uh, researchers, researchers in all of the world to create the internet. The, the, the person that creating the web, Tim Berners-Lee, the, 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 the World Wide Web, created a web in collaboration with researchers in the, in, in the lab in uh, Switzerland, uh, a, a European consortium. So all of the, in all of the beginning of this technology, co collaboration was part. People created that to democratize. And the way to manage and the, gov uh, and the governance of internet in the world is very democratic and positive and inclusive. So these, these, these uh, we need to reconnect uh, in, in, in the beginning of the process to create this kind of technology to change the game down and, uh, and make people using this technology to do good. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to change companies. So uh, we are in the new, uh, a, a new age where uh, companies are inviting to be, uh, to have impact, to think in the society. You know, one of the beautiful movements that uh, was creating years ago, promoting this kind of change in the business sector was the B-Lab or B-System that uh, create a new way to show that it is possible, make money, uh, helping society uh, improve and be better, you know? I think this needed to be, uh, we need to stimulate the creation of this awareness. You mean a B, B Corp? Uh, is that what you're referring to? B Corp. Um, B Corp, yeah. Yeah. Or B Lab or right. System or B Systems. Right. Uh, this kind of initiative that are changing the, the business the, the world and the paradigm in this world, you know? Yeah. But what I, I think we needed to, to do urgently in terms of technology is creating digital empowerment public policies. We need in the country mobilize societies, companies, governments to, uh, to, to creating a digital empowerment plan for the country. 
providing internet access and technology in public schools, uh, public libraries, community libraries, NGOs. This is the way that we can uh, 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 promote massively this kind of digital inclusion or digital empowerment, you know? Mm. Uh, uh, in, uh, in the United States, there are five or six states that are, is, uh, is uh, obligation for the school teach code in the school, you know? But this not, uh, the, the, we, we don't need only... Uh, the, what is important is not only teach technology, but ethical values, entrepreneurship, creating this kind of empowerment. This is the difference that we want to impact uh, the world, right? Yeah. I think the, uh, this whole idea of um, having a more sophisticated look at uh, how technology can support uh, a future vision for society and, and humanity, this human, humanization of uh, our technology future is, uh, is really powerful. And um, I love the way you've picked it up. What, what's your next frontier? Um, what, where, where's, where's this going? What are you developing at the moment? So what we are doing now and we are really loving is uh, uh, um, our full, uh, our, uh, we are training young poor people in, uh, to be a, a full stack developer. So 400 hours training uh, 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 young poor people, black or color person, women, LGBTQ plus uh, uh, in, uh, in how to be a, a developer. Uh, in full stack, uh, uh, back end, front end contents. And uh, in 1999, uh, when we graduate our class of full stack developer, uh, 85% of the students got jobs, uh, um, it, uh, which, which changed completely their lives to this kind of professionalization of this kind uh, of content. And in the society where now all, all of the companies need to be, uh, need to do digital uh, changing, digital transformation, uh, there are a lot of positions for developers. And this is our opportunity to train low-income people, color, women, LGBTQ, to bring in inclusivity, diversity for the markets. And the way that we are changing this life is really amazing. Let, let me share the story of... Uh, one person, uh, Rafael. So he uh, born and raised in a low-income community in Rio de Janeiro. Um, he used to work with woods, and he lost his arm. And in the hospital, without his la arm, he realized about uh, he, uh, he 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 needs to reinvent himself completely because he will be not able to uh, come back to his work. And he saw in the social media from his friends. His friends talking about uh, our uh, full stack developer uh, course in Recode, and he got this as a, a, a way to reinventing himself. From the hospital, he started the process to uh, be part in our selection process, and he was select to learn and, uh, and to be in our uh, Recode Pro course. And then uh, he, uh, on March of this year, he got the certification. And on April, he lost the two most important persons in his, person in his life, his mother and his aunts, for COVID. And, uh, and when he lost his mother and his aunts, a week later, uh, the biggest bank in Latin America called him, recruited him, 
because he did our Recode Pro course. And when I call him to congratulate, uh, just a week after this, this tragedy in his uh, family, he was uh, uh, full of happiness and saying, oh, thank you very much for Recode to bring me this course. Now I got a job of my dream and I'm able to support my father uh, uh, grow and raise my uh, um, five years old brother with autism. No, so he changed completely his life, and he's example. He's a role model now, and he showed for everyone about uh, it is possible change lives. And uh, now, yeah, and we increase these classrooms. Now we have two hundred and fifty low income young people learning how to be a, a, a full-stack developer. We are mobilizing a lot of companies in Brazil to recruit these people. And next year, we go for 750 people learning how to be a developer. This is something that we are really, really enjoying. But also, uh, our courses, when we are training people uh, about exponential technology and social entrepreneurs, when we are training people in our course that we will going to learn about the basic about artificial intelligence, uh, augmenting reality, Internet of Things, and, uh, and design thinking to co-creating solutions using this exponential technology to do good and change their community. Uh, and we stimulate these people in our course to do a canvas and a prototype of, of these kind of apps or Internet using exponential technology to do good. This, for me, is a really magic course where, where we can train and, and, and inspire these people in, uh, in learning more about exponential technology to do good. This is something that uh, we are really enjoying do. And also during the COVID-19, we're expanding our public from 14 years old to 29 years old to 14 years old to 59 years old. We are really engaged in, in the process to re-skilling, upskilling or digital skills for these new young people, which is these people for, with 40s or 50s that want to learn uh, new ways to be, uh, make a difference in the market, market and get new jobs, you know? So these things that, these are really things that we are inspiring. And one more for indigenous people, you know, we start uh, in partnership with, uh, with Facebook, creating uh, in public schools in remote areas in Brazil. We are training uh, a team of students with their professors in how to develop a short move in VR, in virtual reality 360, you know. And we create uh, the first... Uh, 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 competition in Brazil to uh, for people creating VR for good or VR uh, uh, engaged people and uh, in this uh, uh, in last year we using this technology in the public school inside the indigenous village in in the Am in the Amazonian forest the Wapi and the Wapi did a short movie VR three sixty with the voices of their God talk for white people about the importance to uh, defend and preserve the rainforest. So imagine a VR 360 movie uh, 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 raising the voice of the gods of these indigenous people talking about uh, create awareness for the white society about the necessity to provide climate change. You know, last year, 
the leader of opposition in Brazil, take this short movie from the WAP and Recode uh, to bring it in the COP uh, and, uh, 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 in Europe. Uh, and and uh, he, uh, he provided this experience for the chairman of the COP and the, the European community as an argument for, uh, for these people defend the climate change. And the UN Global Assembly this year, which was virtual, uh, invited us to show the WAPVR360 movie in the UN Global uh, General Assembly, showing the power of VR technology to produce and create empathy and, and engagement, you know? Uh, so, yeah. So, Rodrigo, when exciting with exponential technology for good. When, when you tell these stories, mate, I gotta say, I, I get goosebumps. Like it is like that inspiring. It is absolutely mind blowing. Um, you used the word magic before, man. This is absolute magic, and I, I want to keep on jamming about this um, with you. And I, uh, I, I definitely want to follow it up. Um, we are we're going to have to wrap our, our episode, but uh, that was just absolute, um, absolutely fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much to provide this space for inspiration and collaboration. Uh, as I said in the beginning, uh, after these 25 years, uh, uh, years working for digital empowerment, we really believe in the power of technology to do this kind of changing and transformation in the society. And now, more than ever, in this new reality COVID society, digital empowerment is crucial to impact positively the society. And we would love to be part or collaborate with uh, people that want to do digital empowerment in their country. So we are very open to, uh, to supporting and be part or, or, or in this new journey and path. And if you would like to learn more about what we are doing, is just go for our website, recode.org.br and you're going to learn more about what we are doing and we can uh, collaborate for this better world using technology as a, a citizen tool to change our society. You know, this is our e-topia. Thank you, Rodrigo. It has been a privilege, truly. Thanks for listening, everyone. Special thanks to our host, Hugh Evans, and to Michael Rushworth, our sound engineer. Please do stay in touch by subscribing at growthmagic.fm. Next podcast, you're going to hear from Rachel Hyam, one of the UK's most impactful people in technology. We'll be talking about the coalface of digital modernisation and what it really takes to deliver industry-defining outcomes for some of the largest organisations in the world. Until then, stay safe.